Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Only two more days until we watch the World Cup final live from Bath. <laughs> Are you ready to pod, Phil? I'm always ready, JB. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. Hello and welcome to another Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm here with the statistically brilliant yet practically useless Phil. Hello, Phil. <laughs> practically useless? What's that supposed to mean? Well, it means what it means. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, Tim is still away in Greece. So enjoy your holidays, Tim, and we can't wait, can't wait to have you back. So, where shall we start? No, I'll tell you where we're going to start. Sam Burgess. You want to start with Proposition B? I want to start with Proposition B. Do you reckon that we put Proposition B in? Yeah. Let's, let's go back to Proposition B because he's now back to being an unknown quantity. When you say unknown quantity, you mean we don't know what's going to happen next? His future is uncertain, to say the least. Which way, if you were a betting man, Phil, which I know you are at times, which way would you put your money? Uh, I wouldn't bet on something like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the feeling like he's going to go back. It feels I- miserable. It feels like, from the outside, it feels like he's made up his mind. So Bath have put him on what's effectively like compassionate leave. They've not called it that, but they've given him time to think um, about his future. And (coughs) for me, that just means he is going back. And it's so disappointing. Yeah, he seems to have the mindset of the thousands of hairdressers that each year up sticks and go to Australia because you just think that the, <laughs> that the life will be better. And quite frankly, you know, if your life's bad over here, it'll probably be bad over there. It's just how it is. But he's he's had a well, he's had a few years over here. He's one, had one, one year, one recently, but obviously before that, he's had <laughs> oh, lots, yeah, yeah. He's lots of years. I mean, living in Bradford doesn't really compare to living in Bath. No, and also, oh, I don't know. Bruce Craig is cool, but Russell Col- Russell. Oh, why? <laughs> why? But every Russell- time. <laughs> every time. But Russell Crowe is certainly cooler. Now, do you just think that this is a case of him wanting a change and going back to what he knows? Or do you think it's a little bit of him being hounded out by press and the bad uh, decision-making of Stuart Lancaster? Um, I think if he's learned anything about... 10 years in the spotlight he should know to completely ignore the, the press which I'm sure he does so I don't think I don't think it's that I don't think it's that I think England being England playing him in the wrong position will have had an impact if he is uh, looking like he's going because he's used to being an absolute superstar like the best 
in the position he plays, which which in league does matters far no, less. No. But he's used to being an absolute superstar, and he's come in and had very little impact, particularly given at centre he has very little impact anyway, very little involvement certainly. I mean, yeah. w- when he's playing rugby league, they talk about him having sixty positive involvements per game. That's thirty carries, thirty tackles. Mm-hmm. When he's playing in the centre, he's having like half a dozen. So one tenth of the involvements, and you're not playing to his strength. Exactly right, and I understand Bath saying, "Okay, well, let's see what he's like at centre, learning the game." Although I do have a problem with people learning the game at centre to play six. Six. I mean, <laughs> if this is effective, every academy six in the country would be playing at twelve. So that's clearly not right. But they did it, and they worked out he wasn't a twelve. They moved him into the back row. For Lancaster then to go and kind of muddy the waters, and this isn't another Lancaster bashing pod. Um, <laughs> although, just as a side, how many games has Lancaster won in the Premiership? Uh, has he ever coached in the Premiership? He has, he's coached one season there. Did he? Well, a Ooh. full season. So he played 22 games, and most of the teams that go down win maybe six, seven, eight, that kind of region. He won two. Oh. Which is a lot better than London Welsh did. Last season, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. enough about Stuart Lancaster, except for this, which is, uh, I don't think that he handled it well. I'm pretty sure that Sam Burgess making the, the transition from 12 to 6, back, well, 13 to 6, back to 12, can't have helped things. No. No. And then, so almost, I, I wouldn't say he's been scapegoated, but there are a lot of people out there that say, oh, well, he shouldn't have played, and Yeah, just, but that, that's, if he shouldn't have played, that's not on him. No. This is definitely not on him. It's on whoever made that decision. Um, and when he played, he played well. We got mm. in the World Cup. He played as well as you could have hoped for. In exactly the, in the position. It he was, was not playing. his so, fault. Whatever happened no. against Wales was not. In fact, he did everything in his power, and was very effective at not letting Wales win. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah. It definitely wasn't on him. I just hope that he hasn't made this decision because he's played the World Cup, he's achieved his goals, and now he's gone. And maybe that was his ambition all the time. Now he's reached that ambition. Why hang around four more years in a sport you don't like? Yeah, there is an element of this that you do think was his goal just to win the World Cup, to be involved and have the shot of winning the World Cup, and now he's going to go back and do what he's good at. I was I was hoping, I mean, I've always spoken and said, if he's going to make a positive contribution, it's got to be the next World Cup. We've even spoke about the Lions Tour potentially as, as a potential, but he needs the Lions Tour two years away. He needs two full well, seasons playing. I six. mean, it's one thing being in contention as one of the back, best back rows in England, but being one of the best back rows in the entire UK at a position, by the way, that is absolutely stacked. I mean, oh yeah, I mean it's stacked naturally, isn't it? Because all the best athletes generally play second. Uh, sorry, uh, back row. Back, yeah. You're always you go to a rugby club uh, from the lowest level up to the top level, and the you've best got, player is almost always a flanker. You've got tons and tons of flankers. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it is. You're quite right. It's absolutely stacked right across the region. Yeah, and he knows that Lancaster's not going to coach the Lions, so he's not going to get in there. <laughs> Andy Farrell won't be coaching the Lions. Now, the most disappointing part about the whole Burgess thing was, of course, we're going to Bath on on the weekend. And we won't see him see him play unless he's in the stands next to us. We're not yeah, going to see him. We might we might not see him play rugby, but if he's taking some time off, he might be uh, having a few beers. Might be playing out. Which would you like? To, which would you rather see? A guy who's been bred for Australian rugby league 
playing in a, a sporting <laughs> environment or playing out on the beers. Hmm. And do you know what? <laughs> Given that we're on the beers as well. Exactly. Uh, uh, being straight on line with it, I would like to see him face up against Jamie Roberts by moving Jamie Roberts also to six. <laughs> 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 so let's preview the game that we're going going to see tomorrow. Um, no, not so tomorrow on Saturday, which is Australia New Zealand. <sighs> Where to begin? Well, do you know what? I've got a horrible feeling. This is going to be a very tight game. Uh, I suspect you'll be correct. Very tight that. game, and New Zealand are going to kind of limp over the line <laughs> because <laughs> after the pool games, this World Cup has very much been the teams that you expect to win have won, and they've all kind of won like last minute or luckily or I just. I have a feeling that's the way that this one's going to go. Um, hmm. Now, the, you could have predicted, well, apart from the uh, Argentina Island game, you would have predicted virtually every result. I would say you would have predicted every result. Yeah. Um, but they've been some absolutely sensational games. And they've been brilliant. And a lot of the teams have tried to play rugby. Mm. Um, particularly the victorious teams as well. well. I mean, yes, I get that. But I suppose what uh, the position I'm coming from is if you look at someone like Scotland, yeah, they did really well, and they nearly won, but the favourite just about edged them. Uh, same with Japan, Scotland, same with Wales, South, South Africa. Africa, same with S- South Africa, New Zealand. Yeah, but I don't know. I, you seem to be thinking of that as a negative, whereas I'm thinking these games have been I just really want an upset, brilliant. and I really want it to happen this weekend. Now, this, if... Australia do beat New Zealand. That won't be a massive upset. I mean, the no, book, it won't the, be, but the it won't be an upset, right? So they played. They played two games this year. It's it's one all. Australia won. Yeah, but when New Zealand weren't, they battered them. Really put them to the sword in the oh, Bledisloe yeah. Cup. But it was the week after, and Australia purposefully rested a few players because it was almost like Checker proved that he can beat yeah. Australia. No, sorry, beat New Zealand using. Pooper using that double seven combination, and then right, we're saving that. We're it, not. We're not using that again. We're not letting um, Hansen find a way around it. Exactly. Oh, that works. Just put it away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that point of view. And who do you want to win this game? Not who do you think. Who do you want to win it? There's an element in me that would like retiring players, or the players who aren't going to be playing for the All Blacks anymore. McCaw, Carter, Mialamu. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, the centres, Nonu and Conrad Smith, yep. both going to France as well. There's a big element that would like those guys to uh, see off their care- careers by being the first team to successfully defend the, Web the, the World Cup. Yeah, the Weber, the Webellis, and they've been they've been brilliant not just for this tournament, but for yeah. the hundred. Well, the, how many five six players there with six hundred seven hundred caps? I kind of think. Give me a choice between. Someone who is all pious and high and mighty, and uh, the Australians who, until 12 months ago, were basically a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> roughly. Right? Yeah, pretty much. And it's chaos it, until 12 yeah, months ago. It's absurd to think, isn't it? Michael Jacker came, came into town and they're like, oh, right, best clean up our act then, best uh, not do any of this naughty stuff. Ewan McKenzie was, he was making strides in that direction, but then there was the fiasco with, with this female. Diane girl. Yeah, female PR lady who. Um, it's all very immoral and the rest of it, right? So, what are we? What's immoral? <laughs> having a female PR girl? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the Kurtley Beale text came out, and then that 
led to the Ewan McKenzie yeah. and this PR woman's their affair coming out as well. So it's well, if that alleged, if, whatever it was, whatever happened. The point being, right, is that twelve months ago they were basically just a group of boys who weren't particularly well behaved, and I don't believe that twelve months down the line that they are particularly well behaved now even though the whole veneer of the team has, t- has changed so culture that, mate culture culture sorry whatever it is and I'm really sick of hearing about all blacks sweeping their own changing room being nice <laughs> Dan Carter helped an old lady cross the road uh, Tim would love this stuff I mean this is this is all what Tim absolutely lives for as for me I'll go for the barbecuing beer swilling douchebags every day of the week so for that reason I really want them to win just so rugby can stay fun because I don't think the all blacks are fun they're fun to watch oh but I don't think they're fun. I think there's a little bit of both. But you're right if you just talk about off-field fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and they're just a bit too serious, and you know, oh, I don't know. So but they've, they've both played some superb rugby, even in the knockouts. How many tries did so uh, Australia scored five against Scotland, four against Argentina? Uh, right, we're going to talk about rugby now. They're, uh, my point is, they're both playing rugby as well. So New Zealand beat South Africa two tries to nil, and scored was it nine tries against France something like that something ludicrous so they're both playing rugby so they're both playing good rugby built on solid foundations so as long as it's a good game I'm happy with either team winning Mm -hmm. Um, but I can understand the story from both sides just going back to your uh, boys on the beers uh, yeah the surfer dudes having a a few barbecues exactly I love the uh, Drew Mitchell story wait what's this so when he came in from Toulon, by his own omission, he was carrying a little bit of extra timber. Oh, the fat camp one, is this it? Yeah, the yeah. fat camp. He's had uh, enjoyed the red wine and cheese and Good cro- croissant a little bit too much. Mm, French, oh, French I wonder food. if it's a case of like the French teams, they always do say, you need to come back, it needs to be as heavy as Julian Surveyor. I mean, good weight or bad weight, <laughs> doesn't matter. Just Who's the biggest winger in the world? <laughs> yeah. Well, Nemanja Dodoro is nearly 20 stone. Be like him, okay, boss. <laughs> but he's six inches taller than me. <laughs> I, I, I hope it's that. Um, and they said um, the game in, in the USA was a bit of a turning point for him because he was unfit, being forced to stay behind for extra conditioning sessions, got his diet back on track, and is now one of the fittest in the camp. So do you think it's a case of go to Toulon, everyone's so good that you don't need to beat your best because the aggregate talent is so high? I think there is an element of that. I do think there is something in that because every single player... So you look at, say... Saracens are a bad example. But you look at, say... Um, well, Saracens are the polar opposite. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a bad example because they're all kind of individually below but collectively above. But look at, say, a uh, good team in the last few years. Let's say you look at Leinster. Mm-hmm. They've, over the past few years, had some like unbelievable superstars. Like when Sexton and O'Driscoll were there, um, Heaslip incredible, Carney incredible. But they've also got some like average players in there. So they're, they're some very average and some superstars. So the aggregate of the whole yeah. is around the middle whereas Toulon have everyone above average and a few superstars who are even above that well, do you know what I love I love watching like really good teams I'm trying to think of one Leicester in their pomp yeah right? 
And then Leicester, the old adage would be, oh, you can bring in, you know, their reserve tight head and he's still better than most other teams' loose heads and all the rest of it. And I love watching them slowly add more and more average players until it's like a tipping point, like <laughs> a, like a seesaw. <laughs> and all of a sudden they come out and feel like, they were rubbish. Who are these guys? <laughs> I mean, we've, we've seen that with Leicester over the past couple of years, I feel. Exactly. When well, the, the majority of their signings over the past two years have either come from Benetton Treviso or London Welsh. I think they were trying to moneyball their way to success, you know. With sure. all those Italian players thinking, oh, yeah. where can we get value? Uh, well, there's a terrible Italian team. Do you want to try and pick some players out there? This guy is uh, Sergio Parise's understudy. He's got 50 <laughs> caps fifty caps for uh, the Italy. The A-team? 50 international caps. He plays he for Treviso. He must be quite good. He must be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of think that that's sort of what they've done in the past. But if you remember in the Six Nations, not so long ago, when you had the midweek premiership fixtures, Leicester used to win all of those fixtures, even in the midweek ones. And yeah. I just enjoy the process of you slowly replace all the starters yeah. with backups and then see where you get. Yes. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> we've got very sidetracked. Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> where do you think this game's going to be won and lost? I, as I said with uh, the Argentina game, I think Hooper and Pocock, particularly Pocock, they he's are, been magnificent, hasn't he? It's. I banged on about it last week. It is unbelievable how effective he is at the breakdown. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, uh, his interventions are everywhere. Uh, but his, I think, the key player of this might be the other back row, Fardy. Scott Fardy. Yeah, Fardy. Something, something's got to happen here, hasn't it? Because if it was simply a case of just replacing as many players as you can with sevens, <laughs> that's what people will be doing. So someone's got to be doing something else. Yeah. And Scott Fordy must be working damn hard. He yeah. must be. The, the unseen work. All yeah. that unseen work that we never see. Exactly. Even though we've got video analysis and stats. Yeah. Even and though we've got Even that. when you interrogate the stats, you still can't see the unseen work. He's done nothing, but you know, what? You know, he's obviously worked very hard. If Australia, and you know, to a certain degree, some of the teams too, have dispensed of an eight in order to go for the seven, I just wonder how far this tradition's going to go, this new this newfound trend. Uh, would you replace maybe a second row for a, you know for a seven? <laughs> maybe throw on a hooker, a hooker for a seven. Well, well, you could have like a well, Harry Rory Best is, for example, very good over the ball. Well, yeah, I mean that's true. I don't play without um, play without a hooker, so <laughs> you can't throw in. But <laughs> yeah. superb at scavenging. Uh, a, a Harry Thacker type. Yeah. So I just wonder how far they can take this idea of having ball scavengers in positions where they shouldn't really be. Hmm. And I say you can all uh, ball scavenge, of course. Yeah, and like someone like a O'Driscoll mm. in his prime was uh, yeah, exactly as, as good as a back row, exactly as right. good as a back row. Uh, and so was Dorsey to a certain extent. Yeah. They were both very, very good. Those two absolute menaces over the ball. Yeah, I think Fardy is going to be key. Um, although I will say this, I, I don't think anyone's actually managed to stop Australia yet with Pocock and Hooper. Um, or is it just Pocock? I, I think it's the two of them, the two of them together, because they. They slow down every single rook of the opposition's ball and speed up every well, single rook of their own ball. Yeah, I, again, I go back to Fardy because I think actually Fardy does more of that. I think the steals obviously all come from those two. But when you come to slowing down ball, it's always that six just kind of slowly crawling through rooks. Oh, you know, but that's the, how you slow them down. The, the Pocock and Hooper, the steals, it's not just the times that they actually steal it and get the ball back. Mm-hmm. It's the extra seconds they add to yeah. um, whoever it is recycling the ball. But so I think that I think that back row, and uh, New Zealand have got a much more traditional balance in the back row. Yeah, very much so. 
Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see because th- both teams will be desperately trying to get fastball on, on their terms and slow down the opposition. So that battle will be fascinating. Scrum time, the battle will be interesting. Not because either team particularly goes to pick up penalties, but Australia were using it as a weapon um, against England and Wales. They, they seem to have calmed down a bit, or was it just because well, they're playing Argentina? Scott Seal, Scott yeah. Aust- playing Argentina does yeah. make you calm down. But um, Scott Seal got injured. He's now back in the starting lineup, um, whereas uh, New Zealand are on third choice tight head, I think. Uh, sorry, third choice loose. Yes. I was genuinely surprised that Seal would be back because. He looked bad. Yeah, well, the way he's holding his shoulder, that just. It's such a huge joint and it's such a huge muscle group. But if something goes wrong in it, it seems very hard to fix and, in two weeks. And for scrummaging. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. kind of, kind of imp- I mean, maybe he's loose head, so maybe his left shoulder was okay. So just tape it up. Yeah, exactly. Put a bit of a, a splint so it kind of can get into the position to be able to bind onto something. I, I do see a genuine advantage to Australia scrummaging. Uh, I just yeah. think that the front row is better. I think it's bigger. On, um, on the scrummaging, um, obviously Australia's scrum coach, uh, Mario Ledesma, mm-hmm. did you see him during the national anthems? No, I didn't. So he was in the Australian, uh, like, uh, their management group, their management seating area, and when the Argentinian national anthem came on he was belting it out was he really yeah it was awesome it was really good I I think that's like a good sign of professionalism isn't it is it it's surely a good sign of professionalism to shut up and do your job (laughs) I mean that's what that's what I thought well it's not influenced his uh, decision making or anything like that but it's just showing his uh, passion and pride you say it hasn't how many it hasn't how many Australian Scrums d- did Argentina turn over? A few. Yeah, it looked, didn't look like the so same. Did you think he threw? Did well, I'm, threw I'm just saying, maybe they went out with a different set of instructions. Look, lads, if you really want to get a hold of the Argentine <laughs> scrum, you've got to do scrummage high. So, um, <laughs> got a highlights package on in, in, in the background. Um, yeah, you've got to scrummage high, boys, and that'll work fine. Oh, then, yeah. Scrummage high against Diet, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think that, and then I think halfbacks is key. Well, and I think, I think. Foley is a great player, but I think he's flaky. Well, he's kicking. He's kicking at sticks is flaky. Yeah. I just think the experience of Carter in his first World Cup final. What are the odds of Stephen Donald playing on uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday? Hmm, limited. Limited. But is he still playing somewhere, Stephen? Probably Donald? Japan or somewhere. I really don't know. Um, <laughs> and you don't care don't about really Sons of care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that. Foley is very good ball in hand. He really makes this Australia team tick. Yeah. However, I think the battle in the backs, if New Zealand are going to be weak, and you know what, I've said this for the past. Okay, this is this is what I've done. I saw one game and Jesse Creel scored round Comrade Smith. Yeah. And ever since, I've said Comrade Smith is a weakness. You also saw the uh, Johnny May try round Comrade Smith. Yes. So uh, there are two bits of evidence. Yeah, two bits of limited evidence, and the rest of it's been pretty stellar. So, I'm going to say it again. Hopefully, one of these times I'll be right. And I think the weakness around Com- Comrade Smith defensively, and I think having Kieran Drawney running at you, being put into a decent amount of space, will really, really test him. I think that's possibly where, the, where it could go wrong. But I just see, I just see the, the All Blacks win- winning this by about seven points. I would say the All Blacks would win two out of three. Of these encounters, I think. I think Hang it's, on, they've I already mean, played two and they've won one each. Yeah. So, so you're reckoning all blacks win if obviously these were all independent events and uh, exactly. Well, 
And also, uh, sorry, if these weren't independent events, that's how it would be worked. It'd be predetermined for them to win two out of three. Of course, as they are independent event. And events. actually, Australia now are kicking themselves. They didn't play a third game in the Rugby <laughs> Championship Bezalo Cup because now they'd be. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A 50-50 chance of them winning. That's right, isn't it? Uh, well, they'd go back to the two-thirds, because it would be 2-1, so that set would be completed. So yeah. they'd go, go to a fresh set, so it'd be two. Th- so they'd have one-third chance of winning. How don't they have one-third well, chance of winning anyway? Oh, forget not, it. Not in this one, if you're assuming the two previous games. Yeah, okay, What that. they should have done was uh, played five games and let New Zealand win four no, of them. They should have lost all three games. Because then they were due two back-to-back wins. <laughs> well, yes, sorry. So there's a two-thirds chance of them winning. Yes, you're there right. There you go. Exactly right. Oh, genius. Uh, so your your prediction in points, please? Um, New Zealand by five. Hmm. But could also be Australia by three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm really uh, sitting on the fence here. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with my uh, New Zealand by seven. Do you want to talk about the third-place playoff? Do you want to talk about it? I don't think there's much to talk about. I think it could be Heineken Meyer's last game in charge. I think so, yeah. But that we'll deal with that when it comes. So I'm okay not talking about it. Now, the Argentine coach, I only okay, heard this talk the other day. And I'm not going to talk about the game. I'm going to talk about the Argentine coach in particular. Okay. And Apparently his, his th- lovely uh, grey bla- uh, V-neck jumpers. It, yeah, and, and, and his thick full mop of hair. Oh, yes. What a head of her. Apparently, now you can back me up on this, his previous coaching experience was, was it the Portuguese national team or was it the Portuguese national women's team? Um, this, this is what a uh, friend of the podcast, CJ, who gets mentioned... Uh, probably too often for probably his contribution. More, yeah, probably more than he deserves. <laughs> Said that his, one of his recent coaching appointments was the Portuguese women's... Yeah. He finished. Here we go. Portuguese. So CJ said it was the Portuguese women's rugby team. Okay. I've got up his Wikipedia page here, which is obviously legit. Uh, he finished his stint in Portugal. So he'd done head coach of Portugal sevens, assistant head coach of the Portuguese national side uh, during the 2007 World Cup, head coach of Portuguese domestic club Grupo Desportivo Dereito. Wow, that's a big deal. Uh, and finished in 2008 his stint of as head coach of the Portuguese women's national rugby team. Wow. That's um, that's quite a step up, isn't it? So from there, he went to France. Ah, uh, OK, there's more. Good. And coached at uh, Federale 2, Stead Rouenais. 
and then in 2010 returned to Argentina and became Christ have I got five more years of this to go <laughs> he became head coach of the Argentinian Jaguars their second team so are you trying to make a case for Stuart Lancaster to stay no oh, not, right, not okay, at all okay. not in the similar kind of backgrounds though yeah well Gary Street former he coached uh, England women to their World Cup uh, where's he coaching now um, I don't know he, he's left left there but I don't know where he's coaching huh. okay well the only bit of related news which I want to talk about from the third place playoff is finally it's been confirmed Yander Villiers will be appearing in Welford Road and is now officially a Leicester Tiger is that correct from I think the first week in December he joins them um, ah, so what's he doing in, in, in the interim uh, recovering from another broken jaw oh, of course he is and spending some time with his family following gruelling uh, pre-World Cup camp so as I understand it he'll be joining Tigers he'll be there on a six month contract six month deal at the end of the season he's going to go and play in the Olympics is he? Uh, well this is what I think anyway because a six month contract the Olympics are next year right? they are 2016 Rio yeah the 7s uh, and I think that's a goal for him yeah <sighs> which sounds weird do you not think? Yes, he's not the first player thinking of all the... Well, th- just thinking of the centres that South Africa have available to them. Mm-hmm. He's not the first one I would put in sevens. No, but mind you, South Africa don't feel like they're particularly built for sevens. I mean, if you think about all the players that, that are available to them, I mean, did you play Habana? I don't reckon he'd be a g- great, he, a world-class sevens player. Did he play a couple of years ago in the Commonwealth Games? Must he? Uh, it was talked about. Last Commonwealth then, Games, no? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was yeah. definitely talked about, but I can't remember if he actually played. I'm def- I'd probably put PSP as captain. That doesn't take much <laughs> imagination, does it? PSP's yeah, definitely. He's finally found a game which he is as good as he looks at. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yes, it does. So yeah, so, that, that 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 is my understanding. As signings go, I think it's completely underwhelming. Um, and I, I th- if if they can get him fit. I think it's a great signing yeah. because John de Villiers has got more than 100 international test caps yeah. in his in his prime, which we've not seen for a couple of years, admittedly. He was one of the best inside centers in the world and he could do everything. He could run over people, rock solid in defense. He started on the wings, he's fairly, fairly quick. Quick. And he could throw a 30 yard pass, he can kick, he, can do, he could do absolutely everything. Okay, I see that. And it's not the player having an issue. The player is obviously magnificent and he'll be. He'll add to anyone's first 15. Yeah. That's undeniable. And I think if Leicester were having a season where they were like one player away from winning the treble, I could, yeah, okay, bring him up, bring him in. But that's not where Leicester are. They need to find a long term successor in the centres. And again, if they had the long term successor and bringing Yander Villiers just to kind of mentor this guy through, again, a brilliant signing. Well, they, they might do. Well, I've, I've I, seen no evidence of that. At the moment, their 12s are Owen Williams, who's a 10. Seremiah by and Yander Villiers yeah. I, I, that to me doesn't strike me as a particularly wise move the money might be better off spent somewhere else now where Leicester would get a, a 12 from I don't know although I've got some gossip <laughs> go on I heard from a very good source today that there was a deal done for Ryan Crotty to go to Leicester really yep and do you know why it didn't go through allegedly Allegedly, Aaron Major didn't didn't want him. Really? Yeah. Now, I, no I, way. I'm going to see if I can get some more in, information on that. But if that's the case, that is fascinating. I do not believe that. Unless he looks at the value to the return. Unless Crotty would have taken either one of their marquee um, spaces or 
a huge amount of their budget because that's because Crotty I really think it's a hell of a talent yeah but for majors if this is true and let's just assume it is true for <laughs> the enjoyment of this conversation okay but assuming that is true what does that say about Crotty because Major was his coach yeah you know, he's been his I, coach I, I could he's only, played with him I could only possibly see it on a value proposition yeah. he, it was taking too much of the budget or one of the marquee players uh, which um, was another interesting piece of news this week that Diamond not Diamond I always get those two confused Cockrell how can you get those two <laughs> those two what, one is legitimate and the other one is try, trying to be the first one I'll let you work out which, which is which Cockrell said this week that Jean de Villiers hasn't taken up either of their uh, transfer their, their marquee player places and they have got one left oh wow so and Leicester are not short of a bob or two so I, I they I you said it, there are two players, uh, two big signings, or maybe Tim said it, there are mm. two big signings coming to Leicester who are still involved in the World Cup. So there's potentially someone else as well. That is interesting. As I, a marquee signing. I will um, defend Leicester in this regard, and I think they're really good at this, is being very clear about where and how they spend their money. Because everyone, and this is sort of linked to the news this week about the salary cap, but... Everyone's a little bit shady about how it's spent, where it's spent. So some of, clubs more than others. Yeah, yeah. Some club, yeah, indeed. Um, but Leicester were very, very open. I mean, when they were challenged by it, they said X amount of academy credits, X amount of se- senior players, so on and so forth, uh, England credits, whatever it is made up of. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, the salary cap news this week is interesting as well. We touched on it briefly last week. Mm-hmm. But since then, certain clubs have come out and made a statement... Um, to say, sorry, just going back a step, the RFU have previously confirmed um, that they are investigating certain individuals, uh, sorry, certain clubs for potential breaches in the salary cap, but they won't say which clubs are being investigated. This should be the first thing that they do, is shame them. The first thing they should do is shame them and say, they are being investigated for X, Y, Z reason. Yes. Now, I think, kind of reading between the lines... Um, I think the reason they've not done it is because this salary cap isn't black and white and the alleged breaches seem to, from what I've read or I've I've inferred, that they revolve around supplementary deals. So you know we spoke about Toulon yeah. uh, and the French salary cap where you have a huge salary cap and then you have these supplementary deals which are separate to the agreement. So Toulon can spend £10 million on their player budgets and then every single player they can sell... Brian Habana shirts and merchandise, and he gets a cut of that, and that's that's excluded. I think that's fair, but it's all transparent and it's all above board. The club makes money, the player makes money. I think there's. It sounds like some of these deals have been going on. Um, this is me reading into it. Anyway, okay, these deals have been going on, um, and it's unclear based on the the rules within the salary cap whether the deals contravene the salary cap rules. And the clubs will obviously, the clubs who are being investigated will obviously be arguing that the way that they have interpreted the rules means that you can have these deals. And Viva Premiership will be saying, well, that is not the way that it should be interpreted. So here is our Uh. argument. And it sounds like they've come to like uh, a settlement without having to 
uh, actually make any of this public. Would it not be better just to have a set of clear rules which are out there in the public so people can have a look at it and go, oh, right, that's how they're doing it? Well, the, the rules are available, but then I've I seen think the it's going to come down to the interpretation of rules. So if there's anything to learn from this, it means it is, it's just got to be more transparency. Just more transparency. Um, if players are going to have those supplementary deals, fine. F- absolutely fine. I've got no issues with that at all. But just make it transparent. Yeah, let, I am. Let, let us know. I mean, I'm really on the fence with this. Um, because, on the one hand, I'm all for players making as much money as they can. I don't care if players go to France. I don't care, I don't care what they do. Because, ultimately, it's a very short, small career. Oh. And you've got to make as much money as you possibly can. That Absol- is the bottom line for the Absolutely. Individual. Absolutely. But, for the greater good... And for the competition itself, the most important thing that the Premiership has going for it is the salary cap, bar nothing. And you just have to look at how competitive all these teams are underneath the salary cap regime to realise that this is exactly the way that they need to go. So any breaches in in the salary cap are going to be extremely serious. So for the individual, absolutely fine. If I'm an individual rugby player, of course I want to play at Bath. But if I'm... Say an academy lad or one of the lads coming through now, I want the competition to be as strong as it can. Yeah. So every year the revenues increase, co- the competitiveness increases, and ultimately there's going to be more jobs across all of the clubs because they're all going to be rel- relatively similar standard. Yeah, they're all going to be strong. They're all going to attract fans as well because you want a good perf- a, a club that's performing well and giving you good rugby to attract fans. Couldn't couldn't agree more. So on, on the uh, the importance of the salary cap, uh, the RPA their stance on it is. Breach of the salary cap is of the same magnitude as doping. Yeah, I don't disagree with them. Uh, I, I, well, I do actually because. <laughs> well, you're kind of pro doping, aren't I you? I am a little bit pro doping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very anti doping. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I say it's different because doping is kind of an individual offence and all the rest of it, and I don't think it should be. No. Well, well, yeah, no, no, it's cheating. Oh, as, as the rules are, it's just cheating. It's ca- isn't it? Yeah, it's definite cheating, and you say it's an individual offence, but. Um, look at say uh, East Germany their Olympic team in the 70s and 80s do you think that was individuals or do you think that was like a institutionalised doping yeah, exactly. so what are you saying we need institutionalised doping wait was that my point yeah well, let's just go with it yeah let's go with that the, the product will be a lot better yeah better product institutionalised doping and I tell you what you won't get I tell you who's not, who's not been institutionalised doping recently um, has <laughs> <laughs> um, you noticed how small Matt Gitto's arms are? <laughs> I ha- I hadn't noticed that. They are tiny. He's not a particularly big guy anyway. No, he's not. Uh, I don't. I was only thinking this because uh, you're looking at my massive arms. I am looking at your massive out arms. Of my pigbarian. Someone's. Why did PSP come into conversation the other day? Well, he did. I was thinking, who's the opposite <laughs> of PSP? So PSP is too talented to be any good at rugby. Yes. I think Matt Gitto is the, o- is, is the opposite, which is, hang on, he's not that physically talented and therefore is amazing at rugby. He has to be, <laughs> yes. yeah. Because his physical attributes aren't exceptional, he has to be to be as good as he is, and he is good. Yeah, like you've achieved more in the game of rugby because more than me because physically you're not very impressive. Does that make sense? <laughs> you, have to work, you have to work at it. Hmm. Is that a compliment <laughs> or a, an insult? Or a little bit of both mixed in? Who knows? Because I've had to work harder. <laughs> uh, As if it's an insult, yeah. I would uh, I'd dis- dispute that, JB. Yeah, you try hard. Uh, <laughs> I, I do work harder than you. That is, that is definite. Yeah, undisputable. Shall we talk about the Premiership? Um, let's have a look down my little th- list of things. 
Yes, Aviva Premiership next. Excellent. So we'll start off with the with the Friday night game, which is Saracens at home to London Irish. Oof. <sighs> One way traffic. I'm afraid you're right there, Phil. I think it's going to be. Oh, hang on. I've made a horrible mistake. Have you? That is the oh, that's Saturday Saturday game. So I don't know what I've done here. Um, is there a Friday night game? No, there's not. There's no Friday night game. So that's why. The only Friday night game. Oh. Is the World Cup third place? Uh, uh, <coughs> that is less, far less important than Munster Ulster. Ooh, the hobby league's back on. Will they um, be both at full strength? No, Ruben Pinar because he, he's starting for South Africa. God, that's miserable, isn't it? Is it more miserable qualifying for next year's next World Cup's play competition or playing in the place playoff? <laughs> uh, third place playoff. Yeah, it's a. Is it? I'm going to call it now. It's officially the worst game in rugby. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, I'm quite looking forward to it. Actually, oh, I, I, no, no, I'm, no, not to watch. Well, maybe it is. I to want, watch. I want an Argentina win. You'd rather, you'd rather watch the a playoff to go down into the championship than you would watch a playoff for third place. <laughs> the million pound game. Exactly. No, no, that's to go up. Oh, sorry. To go million pound loss. Yeah, it's kind of like a type thing. <laughs> and they should have to play it in like the most miserable stadium in the Premiership. They shouldn't be shouldn't allowed any fans in. It's got to be behind yeah. closed doors. <laughs> They've both got to wear their worst kits. Obviously. Yeah, I'd rather watch that than watch the World Cup third place playoff or whatever it is. Okay, so Friday night, Munster Ulster. Uh, Tommy Bow as well is out for six months with. Knee right, so I injury. can't call this because I have no idea who we're playing. Munster at home, uh, you'd have to back them, but and Ulster haven't been doing too well on the road. Oh, that's what I wanted to mention. Someone tweeted us, right? Um, <laughs> someone tweeted so we're us. trying to wrap this pod up. Yeah, we are, but I'll do that after this. Someone tweeted us and said, "How can you compare the the Aviva to the Pro 12? After all, the Pro 12 had three quarter finalists. Three quarter finalists." In, in the World Cup, they produced three quarter finalists, as in three individual players who were in the quarter. What three quarter finalists? Yeah, Scotland. Oh, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and, yeah, yeah, and Wales. Yeah. Well, that's a ludicrous statistic, isn't it? Well, there's only one. There's only one, one possible. They can come out of the Aviva, so it's hardly <laughs> a uh, it's hardly a like for like comparison. I just thought I'd bring that up as a, a little reference to the Pro 12. So you're going uh, Munster, Munster at home, unfortunately. Mm. So then. Uh, Saracens London Irish, one o'clock kickoff, uh, one way traffic. Absolutely one way traffic. Then the game that we'll be at, we've Ye- actually got tickets to be there. I have not been this excited about a game of rugby since All Blacks USA in Chicago. In That's Chicago, how excited I am! So Jade, just tell us a little bit about our special day on the Saturday. Right, so we are going down to Bath. If anyone wants to have a quick beer with us, you'll catch us somewhere around the wreck. Uh, we'll be in. Uh, blazers and also in ties club ties I might add um, and we're basically going to watch the Harlequins bath game and then we're going to go watch the World Cup final somewhere yeah oh I'm going to have a spa spa in the morning a spa in the morning <laughs> which it, I'm not that bothered about but you insist we have to it, do it's basically a Hindu. <laughs> got a nice manor house in bath a few lads some Prosecco uh, I, but unfortunately we won't be seeing Sam Burgess I do think we're going to see a big bath win though I think Bathwin, but Harlequins have impressed me. I've been pleasantly surprised by Harlequins this season. They've surprised me rather than impressed me. Okay. And I think it's a... Well, they lost against Leicester. 
the, the, the win against Wasps is just... In fact, we've got some good form here, haven't we? Because we've got Bath against Wasps. Wasps beat Bath. Yeah. Harlequins beat Wasps. Yeah. So looking at that, logically, you'd say Harlequins beat Bath, right? Well, the home team has won in both games, so you could also say Bath, the home team, win. Yeah. Sam Burt just not playing is not really a downside from a rugby point, point of view. No. Because they can bring in Garvey. There's no Francois Lowe. That is huge. Yes. Francois Lowe is a big loss. Um, so, and even so... Oh, and no Jonathan Joseph. Yeah. That's huge. Banners um, at 13. Uh, this is getting shaky all of a sudden. Uh, I'm still going to go for home advantage for Bath. They just snuck past a, a very good Exeter side at home, and I think they'll do the same again. Okay. I am going to be wearing... A, a set of Bath cufflinks, a Bath ties, and Bath socks, and a Bath pin, pin badge, despite not being a Bath fan. <laughs> and I think Harlequins will win this. Wow. And I don't even like Harlequins, but just I've talked myself into it. You like Jamie Roberts, though? Is he going to play? I don't know. Teams, have, teams haven't been announced yet. That'd be very exciting. Well, there's no. Okay, fine. Okay, uh, next match Gloucester Worcester. Hackington. Uh, hmm, Gloucester at home, just. Okay. Uh, Newcastle Falcons, Exeter Chiefs. Exeter, Newcastle's miserable start to the season to continue. Um, I'm going a Exeter win with a hammer try. It's going to be hammer time. Hammer up time in, up in Kingston Park. Yes. Uh, Sale Sharks, Northampton at the AJ Bell. This is interesting, isn't it? Isn't um, it just? Northampton were very underwhelming against Worcester. They righted, they corrected that against Newcastle at home, Newcastle. but it was Newcastle at home. Um, and Sale is a very difficult place to to go and travel to. Give me Sale. I think that team has had a full preseason together. They've not got anyone missing still. They've not got anyone who's been utterly, utterly let down and feels dejected from national national service, national duty. <laughs> um, give Apart me, from uh, Sippers. Yeah, but you know but he, he's had months to get over yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so months of dating. Glamour models to get over the heartbreak of. Do you know something which I don't about uh, sippers and glamour models? Well, I think we all know that's what he does. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Sail shock to me. Uh, give it me by four. Northampton by five for me. Okay. Uh, tigers versus wasps. Hmm. Tigers at home. Midlands derby. It is. Yeah. Uh, I am going to say wasps to win this. Last time I went to Leicester, the. Uh, Chap I was sat next to had a season ticket, and he was uh, he lived in Coventry. Oh, great story! We were, we were talking about the the movement. Kind of, I asked him whether he'd uh, be going to to Wasps in future. It is incredible, isn't it? They've gone to Coventry and they can get twenty thousand a game. It's it's staggering, actually. Yeah, because there's no traditional fan base there. The people of Coventry just must love rugby, and we never knew it. Well, there's been the Coventry rugby team, but they've always kind of floated around. Uh, yeah, tier two, tier three. Yeah, so exactly why they didn't just put the money into Coventry or people. It's good, the brand, isn't it? Good people in Coventry should have helped out their own team first, but I don't really care actually. If um, you move James Haskell anywhere, pe- oh, people will come. Build it and they will come. Exactly. Build it around the Hask. So you're going Wasps, I'm going Leicester. So no, no I'm, I'm sorry. Going. You're going Leicester, I'm going Wasps. I'm going Leicester. Fantastic. Right, well, next time we chat, we will know finally who the winner is of World Cup tw- 2015. We'll, we'll probably be a bit hungover. But the best news of all, Tim will be back. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, I've, been, I've been JB. Thank you, Phil. Cheers, JB. And we'll see you on Sunday. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.